Welcome to the Six Figure Roadmap, brought to you by LVRG.it. Leverage it, saving you money on the tools, software, and courses you use to grow your business every single day. Now, here's your host, Cam Martinez. Hello, podcast listeners. Thank you for joining me today. As always, I am Cam Martinez, bringing you the fire and actionable, real actionable information that is going to help you get from where you are to where you want to be on your journey to hitting six figures and beyond. Today's guest is Katya Sarmiento, who is one of the most sought after systems wizards in the online business space. She is known for helping leaders earning six, seven, and eight figures scale up without sacrificing their freedom or having their business blow up in their face. She's the founder of reachandmakemillions.com and the Seven Figure Freedom Accelerator, which provides support for six-figure service-based businesses run by high-achieving CEOs and teaches how to systemize and scale for more freedom, profit, and peace of mind. This is going to be a fantastic interview. Not only because she's going to provide some amazing insight that will help you just scale and crush your business for the next however many days, however many weeks, months, years, but she's also just an awesome person, very well-spoken, super honest, and has committed to giving you everything you need to implement some systems into your business. So here she is. How are you? Very good. What a great introduction. <laughs> I wonder who wrote that. You should have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who wrote that. No, no, no. I love, just for the people listening, you all, if you're ever going to be on a podcast or you're going to start a podcast, create a podcast one sheet. She sent me a link because she's a systems expert. She sent me a link <laughs> with her bio, some questions to ask, some pictures, just all the things that you need to start a podcast and interview a person. And it, it was just incredible. So yeah, it's funny because I actually, well, of course, thank you. But I usually like having like just conversations where I'm like, just ask me anything. I will seriously answer any type of question. But I had so many podcast people say, can you just give me some sample questions or some topics? So I was like, oh my God, I hate answering this question. <laughs> I hate doing this. I hate sending the bio. And the other thing was I used to manage launches, launches. Wow, that was a weird pronunciation. I used to manage launches and I had to manage like telesummits and a podcast and, and a bunch of like guest expert things. So I would create a form to try to collect this information and it was still really rough. And so I wished that I had people sending me one sheets and I was just like, I'm just going to do it for myself. And now I tell people to do it too, because it just makes it easy to just here have the link. And it's like, forward slash POS. So people think it's piece of shit. So it ends up being funny too. I'm like, no, it's a podcast one sheet, but you know, you can say that to remember it. <laughs> That's amazing. No, I'm de- like, seriously, I'm creating that tonight. Yes. I'm yes. going to create that tonight. It's so, it just makes everybody's life easier, which is the, the concept of our conversation today. So yes, um, it, yes. it was perfect. I didn't want to do it anymore. So I set it up so that I didn't have to do it anymore. That's, that's the amazing part of systems. Ooh, foreshadow. (laughs) (laughs) My first question to you, what do you see as being the number one most common struggle business owners have when they come to you for support? 
Oh my God. <laughs> this is a fun question. I love answering this question because people are like, Kat, you're being so mean. You're talking about me. I'm like, let, let me just, let me just disclaimer for a second. I've done all of these things. I've had the same struggles. I've done the same stupid stuff that I'm about to say. So it's okay. I, I don't think there's a business manual out there of how to scale a business. I wish that there were, but there isn't. So as an entrepreneur, you don't know what you don't know. So I get a lot of people coming to me and they're either like most, so most of my people are marketers and re- like really good at marketing and sales. Cause I work with a lot of like agencies, digital marketing agencies, Facebook ads, podcast producers, video producers, course creators, stuff like that. And they're good at getting clients, but then they get stuck in this cycle of like, okay, I got a ton of clients. I got a ton of work. Now I need to deliver. So let me focus on delivering all of this stuff. Cause it's a lot of work now, but then, okay, I need to make money again. So I need to go and market and sell again. And then, okay, now I need to deliver again. And it's just back and forth, back and forth. And what a lot of people say to me is like, they haven't really unleashed their full potential in marketing. Like they might have a funnel planned out or they might have some marketing campaign planned out, but they haven't turned it on because they know if they turn it on, they'll get a ton of prospects and a ton of leads and they could easily get a lot of clients, but they don't have the capacity to even serve all those clients, let alone serve the clients that they currently have. And um, it's a really rough spot to be in because they're really good at what they do. They get clients results. They want to help more people. They want to make more money, but they're kind of stuck in just doing the work all the time. Even if they hire somebody, it doesn't seem to work out because either like they have to spend time hiring and training this person or like they're paying their team more than they're paying themselves or like the team makes mistakes and they have to come back in and correct them. Or if they feel like they've already like started stepping out of the day-to-day, the team keeps bringing them back in, asking them questions, pinging them on Slack. Like it's just, it's like, a it's a really hard place to be for people. And that's where systems come, come in. Uh, that's where I come in because I, I feel like it's important to get everything that's in the brain of this business owner, this agency owner onto like a documented process or a system or something that somebody else can replicate and do over and over again. That way they can focus on like the more creative visionary, like marketing aspects that they love to do. And obviously, so they can make more money and get more clients without like the business crashing and burning. And let me tell you, working with companies like behind the scenes for so long, I've seen a lot of like not great situations where um, like people took on more clients than they can handle. And then they started getting client complaints. And then somebody posted on Facebook about them and their reputation was ruined or like they took on a lot of work and, and took on a lot of team members and expenses and, and kind of like didn't really, they weren't profitable and it just kind of like, messed up their business and they had to shut it down and they couldn't meet payroll or whatever. And it's just like, really, it just sucks to see that. It's honestly heartbreaking, especially if somebody was trying really, really hard and and really cared about getting people results. Um, I don't really care about the scammers. Like there are plenty of people that just take people's money and then crash and burn and then start over and like try to paint a pretty picture about it and then market again. And I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the people that actually care about people and really want to give people results, their clients results. And they're just, they just don't know how to scale or they don't know what the process looks like, or they try to set up systems and hire team members, but it doesn't really work out for them. Cause that's just not the way they think. And that's totally okay. That's why I feel like it's so important for me 
to help those type of people because it's so easy to me. And I come in and I systemize them. And it's just so amazing to watch people just flourish. Like when I set up a system and they don't really have to think about that stuff anymore. And they just get to be like the marketer or the salesperson or the creative visionary. And they just blow up like in the best way possible. And I, that's that's just like what I love doing. I totally went off on a tangent there, but no, yeah. <laughs> listening to you, I'm like, I need you. Um, <laughs> I, I want to unpack systems. Okay. Uh, yes. The, the word systems, the concept of systems in a business. Yes. I recently interviewed John Lee Dumas on our podcast yes. and asked him how he is such a content creation machine, how he stay, keeps energy to do all that stuff. And he said, systems, I batch my stuff and create systems, but he didn't go deep on what that actually means. Will you talk to the people listening about what are those actual systems they should implement into their business right now? Okay. So let's look at the actual definition of system. I like bringing the dictionary out when people don't really know what they're talking about because people are like, I'm going to help you scale your business. And I'm like, um, when I look at what you're actually teaching, you're not really teaching scaling. You're teaching growth. So, and that's another thing we can, we, I'm actually going to say that real quick, like growth and scaling. Growing is the increase of blank. So a number, clients, money, leads, whatever. Scaling is having the capacity to handle that growth. So if you grow to 10 clients, do you have the capacity to handle those 10 clients? Okay, yes. All right, what about 20 clients? Do you have the capacity? No? Okay, so this is not scalable. The same thing for sustainability. People talk about sustainability all the time and not really know what it means. Like, can you sustain 10 clients every single month coming in? Yes or no, right? So then the same thing with systems. If we look at the actual definition, it's a set of things working together as a whole. So when we're setting up systems, that could just mean like, I've got this piece here and then I've got this piece here and they're working together in a repeatable process, right? The process is just a repeatable thing that you do over and over again. Um, Usually it's documented in standard operating procedures. Maybe you're using a tool like Zapier or like a project management system. Doesn't matter what it looks like. It's something that, like if you just look at your daily, like your day-to-day and like I always recommend my clients track their time with like rescue time or toggle timing, hub staff. There's so many tools, but whichever you pick, track your time, see what you're doing on a daily basis that you repeat over and over and over again. So for example, um, let's say you write a blog post and an email newsletter every single week take a look at that blog post and see if you follow a similar structure. Maybe you have a certain way of writing the blog post or formatting it or like certain content pieces or like, um, uh, Greg, I forget his last name. Uh, I wish he had his name on here, but his thing is ambitious video planner. This, he essentially looked at how he mapped out his videos and he, he just created like a little journal and started selling it to people. This is a system right here. Just like, what's the first point you're going to make? What's the second point? What's the third point? And then what do you want somebody to do? What's the CTA, right? So if you have a certain way of writing your blog posts and emails, you can templatize that. You could create like a little worksheet for yourself and say, okay, first I create the title. Then I figure out the outline. And once I figure out the outline, I'm going to like write bullet points of the little topics in each uh, 
top like header or whatever. Then I'm going to draft it out. Then I'm going to have my editor review it. And then I'm going to publish it on my blog. And then I'm going to write an email newsletter. And my email newsletter is usually formatted this way. Like maybe it's a blurb or maybe it's a summary or whatever with an image. And like, when you look at the things that you do on a day-to-day basis, you're repeating a lot of things that you can create a template for. You can create a video explaining how to do it. You can like create, like probably automate it, like set it up in buffer and have it like post for you, for you, like on a, like Monday morning after you've written it on Thursday or Friday or whatever it is. Right. And so just simple admin things like that, especially blog posts, emails, uh, like checking your emails and responding to them, onboarding clients, offboarding clients, um, yeah, like going live, like any of those admin things that you're doing on a day-to-day basis, you could either set up a system for, or you could hire somebody after you've documented how you do it and have them do it for you because you're, you're, you're wasting a lot of precious time doing admin tasks or just tasks that don't bring in money to the business and don't bring you joy and just absolutely drain you. Wow. What incredible insight that was the admin tasks that is so relatable to so many people just the little tiny things checking emails going live every day writing those emails back to people there's just so many things that before talking to people like yourself i had no idea i was wasting my time doing especially those that weren't like you said revenue generating tasks and so let's dive deeper on that a little bit what is the number one metric people listening should be tracking to increase their profit and ROI. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Metrics. <laughs> I guess people are always tracking stuff. Like they track revenue and they track expenses generally, and they track like profit decently. Some people don't know their profit margins. And if you don't know, I really recommend you go try to find that out. Um, and I do recommend hiring a bookkeeper or like a CPA or like a financial advisor. Cause those people actually know what they're talking about, but I really like to track the amount of like the dollar amount per hour that you're spending in your business. So this goes back to time tracking, which is why I have clients track their time and I have them look at, let's say we're on toggles dashboard and I see that somebody spent 20 hours on admin 10 hours on marketing act, marketing and sales activity, and then like 20 hours on client fulfillment. I'm going to have them put a dollar amount to that. And the way that I base it off of is like the current revenue, but also thinking about it, if you're servicing clients, there is the potential, especially because I work with um, agencies, like there is a potential that if you don't make a client happy, they're going to stop working with you. And so that monthly retainer is gone. And I've seen that happen where they weren't, people weren't paying attention to their clients well enough and they lost like a really big monthly recurring revenue client. So that's like a decent like dollar amount. And like, you don't, like some people have a really hard time with this. So it could even be like, you know how on Yelp, you have like the $1, $2, $3 sign for how expensive it is. I'll do that. So like marketing and sales activity is $3. Client fulfillment is $2. Admin is $1. And then I'll show them like in a little, like I'll draw it out on my iPad for my clients. It's like, if you were to replace these 20 hours with these $3, like this $3 icon, or like I'll get like specific numbers with their revenue. This is how much money you're leaving on the table by continuing to do this. 
So usually the first thing we outsource is admin tasks. And then we start outsourcing the client fulfillment. And this you have to be really careful with though, because like I said, it has the $2. It's pretty important. Um, it's not like the, like the, like you're not directly making revenue, like because people, especially when I speak to marketers, they're like, but if I run a funnel and stuff like that, and if I do this sales page and do this webinar, then I'll make money from that, like new money. I'm like, yeah, but you have to think of the lifetime value of your clients as well. That's really important. And you have to think about like, what, what about upselling or like maybe offering extra services? Like you can make a lot of money from your clients if they're happy. So if you are going to like outsource client fulfillment, which most agencies do want to do that, we have to do it right. And we have to find the right people. We have to set up the right systems. We have to we have to be very delicate with this and not do too much automation because most people want that personalization, customization. But also, like we don't want to be wasting time. We don't want to be wasting time on out of scope work. We don't want to be wasting time with angry clients. Like we want to make sure that we prevent those triggers that make people angry. Um, we want to make sure that we set expectations and boundaries up front. So there's a lot of things to think about. And that's why it's like, usually when I have the exact dollar amount, people are like, whoa, I actually didn't realize how much money I would be making paying more attention to clients than I am now. But I also realized that it's not my zone of genius to be the one paying attention to clients in this way. So I need to find the right person and I need to pay them at that amount. So this also helps people like looking at these numbers also helps people figure out how much to pay their team and how to look at their profit margins so that they're not paying the team more than themselves and, and all that stuff. Like when we do it for a specific business, it's a lot easier to show like the impact of it. So I highly recommend you, you do this for your own business. It, it's just, it's, it makes you, it's just hard to argue numbers on a page, you know, because it's easy to feel a certain way and to be like, oh, I feel like I should do this or I feel like I should do that. But when you see the numbers, you like you might still feel that way, but you're going to be like, all right, the numbers tell a completely different story. And I got to listen to the facts. You can't lie about it. That's tough for people. It is. It really is. It's tough. It was tough for me. And That's I do this tough. almost on a quarterly basis. I, I check in to see how I'm doing. Because sometimes I get lazy on my marketing activity and I, I see the numbers on the page reflecting that. I'm like, okay, I know what I need to do. And so it's, it's honestly accountability most times. Interesting. Very interesting. Our company has obviously generated a lot of revenue organically. We have not run any form of client acquisition or marketing campaigns, but we will start and that is going to be a huge strategy moving forward in the future is like seeing the stuff on paper because it's there's going to be a lot of new influx of traffic, a lot of new influx of revenue, and it's going to create a lot of feelings. But like you said, it's going to, it's going to be very beneficial to actually see what is generating the most revenue. What yeah. should we be focusing on? That's yeah. huge. So you record and document all of your admin tasks. You get all that stuff under control. You're tracking your finances. You're tracking your profit and ROI. What's next for team building? How do you get all this stuff into other people's hands so they can take it off of your plate and allow you, like you always say, to be the leader, be the CEO of your own business? Yeah. 
So this is, this is, like I said, a very delicate process because when it, when it, after admin stuff, because admin stuff is pretty easy to delegate if you're, if you're like good at communicating what needs to be done. And I usually like give a little template to clients of how to do that. Um, if they struggle with that, because some people are like creative all over the place. I am too. Sometimes that's why I have the template for myself too, most days, but for, for hiring, I'm, I, I get pretty corporate about it actually, because I feel like a lot of people hire out of desperation and out of feelings. And they're like, you, I need help right now. Help me. I'll pay you do this thing. And they expect them to figure it out on their own or expect them to read their mind. Like, honestly, I've been there, done that too. And it ends up being worse than before because they just paid money to this person who either messes it up or doesn't get it exactly right. And they have to come in and fix it or they have to train them and teach them or they just like don't even have the time to do it. Like I've seen people hire client account managers or Facebook ads managers and then their client accounts just drop in ROI like drastically. Um, So I take the hiring process pretty seriously. I'm actually hiring a client success manager right now. And I'm going to do like a whole case study of how I did it. And I'm like, whoever I hire, I'm going to ask their permission to record my training and onboarding process of them too. Because like, okay, so just to give mine as an example, first thing I did was I got clear on my org chart and I'm constantly tweaking my org chart. I've known it for a couple of years now, but things change and I pivot and my vision is continues to grow. So I got clear on my org chart, which means like who, like what positions do I need? What are their key responsibilities? What KPIs will they be responsible for? And what characteristics makes this position so good for the company? So I'm not even thinking about people. I'm not even thinking about myself because like I might be doing that role right now and I might not be the best person. So I need to like fire myself in that position because I don't have those characteristics that are needed for that position. So I take myself out, I take current team out, and I just look at what does the business entity actually need to grow and scale to the vision that I have. And then I start fitting people into the right spots, the right people in the right spots. And then I see a gap. Okay, I need a client success manager and no one on my team, including myself, fits there. So that makes it easy for me to write a job description because now I'm like, all right, so these are the characteristics, these are the responsibilities. I'm going to like type up like a quick summary of all of this stuff. And I posted it like Upwork, Hubstaff, um, sent it out to my social media and my community. And I was just asking around for referrals. I even went to iWorker.com, which like has a really cool mission. Check them out. And then so um, when people applied, it was just basically general questions like, you know, what time zone are you in and what times can you work? Why are you applying? Why do you think you're a good fit? Like just general, just to see how they apply. Cause there's a lot of copy and paste on like Hubstaff and Upwork. And I always have a keyword or like a code word or something. So in the job description, I'll like capitalize like a word um, in the middle of the sentence. And then in the paragraph below it, I'll say the keyword for the application that you'll need is in the paragraph, the capitalized word above in the paragraph. And so like for the client success manager, the keyword was best. And so literally when I'm reviewing applications, I scroll down to the last question, which is what's the keyword. And if they don't have best, I'm deleting their application because they're obviously not reading. They're just copying and pasting. So that makes it easier for me because I get a lot of applicants. Then I sent them a form on Airtable or a type form or whatever. And I was asking more um, like responsibility based questions. So like I knew the responsibilities were to like manage the relationships with my clients, make sure that they're happy, make sure that they're answering emails, 
So I asked more questions like, what's your experience in customer service? Have you ever worked with agencies, digital marketing agencies? How do you manage your day-to-day like tasks? Like how do you project manage? Because they're going to be needing to project manage my clients. Um, all of that, all of those types of questions. Whoever's applications were good. And there were about 10 out of 30 of those applications that were good. I would do a quick 20 minute phone call. The reason I did this and like, if I want you to get anything out of everything that I'm explaining is everything is intentional. I'm looking at the characteristics that I mapped out and I'm giving them little tests to see if they match those characteristics and responsibilities. So I did a quick 20 minute phone call with eight people, no, six people. And the reason I actually seven people, sorry. The reason I did this was because I wanted to see how quickly they could build rapport. And to see if they match the culture that I've built with my clients is a very specific culture. We're very open-minded. We're very like humor-based. We say perverted jokes all the time. We curse a lot. Like we're a fun group. And so I need to see if this person on the phone matches that or if they're very like, like not like that. Right. So 20 minutes. And I, I was asking, I literally just said, Hey, for this quick call, I just want to get to know each other. So first, tell me something about yourself that was not on the application. And the reason I asked this was because I wanted to see if they're going to talk about business or if they're going to talk about personal or both. Um, Some people just repeated their resume to me. Some people were telling me, oh, I'm like really into my family. I'm really passionate about this. I love learning that. I'm very creative or like whatever their stuff was. So after that point, um, I told them I I had a couple of questions about the application from some people. But then I asked them, do you have any questions for me? And this could be about the position. It could be about the program that the client success manager is managing. It could be about my company or it could be about me. And, and the reason I, and I said, I said, any question goes because I wanted to see what type of questions they would ask and what their approach is to building rapport and how much they researched me as well. And so a few people were like, well, I was on your website and I saw that you were doing this and I'm curious about that. Some people were like, asking client success manager questions. So they're like, have you ever fired a client? And like, um, you know, what's your process for that? Or like, what's your program about? Um, And some people were asking questions where I'm like, you could have seen this on my Facebook or you could have seen this on my website. So I know you didn't research or like you could, you could tell that they're just trying to ask the right question. And I'm like, I'm a really relationship type person. So I want people to like, just be chill with me. And if you just look at anywhere on social media about me, you could see I'm an open book and I'm very like open about anything. So some people were asking me about my lifestyle and were asking me like personal questions and I'm totally down for that. And that's like, if they built the right rapport, it felt good to answer it. If they didn't, it felt very awkward, right? So just for me experiencing that, I know what my clients would experience. So that's the last thing I did so far this week. This week, we're actually sending out an assessment. And so what this assessment does, and I actually just finished like right before this interview, I finished mapping it out for one of my Facebook ad agency clients. This assessment just gives like different scenarios of things that happen with clients or within the company. And it asks them to do some critical thinking. So like, how would you respond? Or how would you write this email? Or what would you do to prevent this? Or like, do you have any suggestions for improvement of this process? So like different things, because I want to see how they think. And I want to see how much experience they actually have. So um, I might actually have them build like, 
I might record a voice memo and like rattle off like a bunch of things that we need to do for like a client project and then ask them to build a Trello board out of it to see how they organize um, ideas and projects. And it's really like, you have to think about like, who is this person that you're hiring, which goes back to the org chart. What, how can you, how can you tell that this person has those characteristics and can actually meet those responsibilities? And like, what type of questions or testing or assessments can you do? So like Facebook ads managers, some people send them like actual Facebook ad quizzes to see if they understand the ads manager well. Right. Um, and this sounds so tedious, but this, like the first virtual assistant I ever hired seven years ago still works with my company. So, and I, like, I, wow. I, I've had maybe one bad hire and it's because I hired out of desperation and I didn't go through this process. And so now this is a process I follow to a T, no exceptions. I don't even care if like a consult, like there's some really good people that apply that are like actual consultants for customer success. I don't care. I'm going through this process. I'm asking for references. I'm doing my due diligence to make sure that I find the right person because I want to hire long-term and I don't want to have my clients have a bad experience with somebody that I chose to hire. Man, that is amazing. Like the process you take people through from, you said the first VA that you hired, you've been doing this for seven years and it still works for you. And I love the the quizzes and the assessments that you're giving to people instead of hiring out of desperation. Sure. A lot of us have been through the same exact thing. Yeah. I know it's I have. Funny. Well, like, I, it's funny because seven years ago was when I was 18. So when I first did, like, I would do, like, I was still doing those 20 minute rapport building calls. Cause like I, if, if it's not rapport building for clients, it's rapport building with me. Like I need to like you, if you're going to be my assistant. And a lot of people got on video calls with me and they asked me my age when I said any question goes. And I said, I'm 18. And they're like, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to hop off this interview. I can't work with you. And I'm like, okay, I respect that. So I'm really glad I did those video calls because a lot of people did not respect me because of my age. And the person who I hired was in their late 20s. And she was like, wow, that's actually really cool. Like, I wish I started as early as you did. And then we started talking about like her kids and her life and stuff like that. And like her aspirations. And I basically taught her everything that I knew. And she came to me one day and she's like, hey, I'm actually studying to be a bookkeeper. And I would like to transition as a bookkeeper. So she's not my VA anymore. She's my bookkeeper. Wow. So, and she saved my business from some, like I had a CPA and bookkeeping team before her and they were messing up and I didn't realize it. And she fixed it all, all of it. She saved me. Like I trust her with my life. She's so amazing. But yeah, like when you, when you, when you have a clear process and you follow it, it's just, it's easy for me now. All I have to do is like, make sure I pick the right person and like brainstorm some project ideas based off of the applicants that I got. But I know the process. I, I know how to deliver it too. And, and I have a process for onboarding a hire too, which it will take another like 30 minutes to get into, but it's, it, it's just going to have to hire you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just going to have to hire you and get all of this information out of your head. So speaking of asking questions that weren't on the original one sheet I'm going to ask you some questions just to get to know you a little bit better and allow the audience to get to know you a little bit better. Okay, cool. What is one non-negotiable habit you implement every day? 
<laughs> Do you want the funny answer or the serious answer? The honest one. <laughs> the, first, the first one that came to your mind. <laughs> this is going to be so stupid. I said cuddles. That was the first thing that came to mind. If I don't have cuddles, I'm like a bitch all day. I'm just going to be really honest. Like cuddle puddle in the morning when I wake up, I'm not going to get up out of bed first thing and check my phone. No, I'm going to cuddle and I'm going to sleep in <laughs> and I'm not going to start work until 12. That's really oh, what I No, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> but okay, but it's serious answer. I do have like my habit tracker that I do every single day, like non-negotiable. Oh I track my habits. Even if I don't do certain habits, I track it and I, I write down why I didn't do it. So I can see like, for example, when I wanted to create a habit of meditating, my excuse was I didn't have time. So I found headspace, which is only 10 minutes. So now I didn't have the excuse of not enough time for meditating. I would just meditate for 10 minutes a day and that was fine. So that's like my serious answer. <laughs> love it. Love it. Cuddles and meditation. <laughs> what is one book you wish everyone in the world would read? The Harry Potter series is my first answer. Uh, <laughs> I want to give like a like honest one and then like a serious actionable one. I, I really appreciated the book uh, Loyalty to Your Soul. It's very like spiritual woo-woo, but it really like opened up my eyes to like a, a different perspective and I don't react as strongly to the BS that happens on a day-to-day basis that I experience. Like I have a very different perspective and I, I, it's because of that book. I love that. What do you like to spend your time and money on outside of business? Hashtag video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw you just buy a new Xbox out of total impulse. <laughs> You did, you asked Facebook on purpose so that they would convince you to do yes. it. Yes, <laughs> I had been okay. So, story for the people that have no context: Xbox came out with a new Fortnite Xbox, and it's purple. And I was like, nah, because it's gonna have Fortnite written all over it, and I really could care less about the Fortnite, the actual game. Uh, I've played it, but I whatever. But then I looked at like unboxings of it, and there's no Fortnite anywhere it's literally just a purple ombre like it's so pretty and I was like damn I really want it but we already have three xboxes in my home (laughs) and I'm like okay and like when my friends visit they bring their xboxes too so we're like a huge gaming family here but like so I thought like and so my rule about buying things I have a system (laughs) my system for buying things is if I don't think about it after a week then I don't need to get it. It's not that big of a priority. Dude, I was thinking about this fucking Xbox every single day for a week. And I, for some reason, I have such a hard time spending money on myself. Like my bookkeeper, my amazing VA turned into bookkeeper has forced me to spend more money on myself because she showed me she did profit first for me. And she, she's like, it was so bad. I was spending so much money on my business and I was putting so much of my personal money into my business. It was insane. So I've started spending more money on myself in the past two years, but even this, like buying a fourth Xbox felt like a little bit too much. So I posted it on Facebook and I posted a picture of the Xbox. I'm like, it's a fucking purple Xbox. It's on brand. And I do Twitch streaming and I have made money from Twitch streaming. So it is tax deductible if I buy it. And everybody, everybody was like, what, what, why are you even asking? Just buy it. (laughs) Just get it. So the thing you like to spend it, your time and money on outside of business is video games and relationships. Love it. Yeah. Where is one place you would move if you were forced to relocate? It would probably be like San Diego or Paris. Last question. 
what is the most memorable experience you've ever had? Okay. That one on your mind right now. (laughs) That one I don't want to talk about on a podcast. We're going to stay with the theme of one, (laughs) the first one that comes to your mind and then think of another one. Um, Okay. Without getting to rated R, it was a sexual experience. Um, It's, so I'm into, I'm into like uh, BDSM and stuff like that. And when I first moved here, I didn't have any friends or any community because I moved here like three or four years ago. And I looked up a BDSM munch. And if you don't know what a munch is, it's just a lunch that people go to that are into the kink lifestyle. So no leather dress up or anything. It's just you're, people having lunch together with a mutual like interest, right? And that's just like a safe way to get to know each other and like to introduce yourself to the community without having to go to like a party. But I did go to a party after that. Um, and it was probably the best experience I've ever had. I, 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 it was the first time in my life that I truly felt like I could be myself in person around a community outside of entrepreneurship. And there were like, obviously sexual things happening. <laughs> so, but it was just, it was really cool. Cause I'm just into that stuff. And I didn't expect the community to be as welcoming and open as they were. And it, it just felt safe. It felt clean. It felt good. And so that was, that was memorable experience. I, I have no words for it. It was just a really great experience. Well, all those answers were fantastic. Thank you so much for being so open and honest. I love attracting people like you into my life because we can actually have conversations about things that others are uncomfortable to talk about outside of systems and business. It's so cool to get to know people like yourself. So thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for giving me the platform to express myself and share all that. Absolutely. So for those listening who are super interested in what you had to say about the systems that they need to implement in their business, where can they connect with you? Do you have anything cool to give them? What are the next steps to start working? Yes. Systems with you. So I have a lot to give actually. So go to reachandmcmillions.com. I, if you scroll down, I have a section that's like, what do you need help with? And there's three different buttons that you can click on with three free trainings. Like there's no opt-in as of right now, unless I I don't think my marketing team has added one. And I don't think they will, because I don't really care about that. There's no opt-in. You can like, there's hours of trainings and interviews and content on there. It's like, honestly, people like my marketing team gets pissed at me because I just give so much away for free, but I feel like it's my mission to help people not only scale, but avoid burnout and avoid sacrificing their lifestyles or their friends or family, or even their health to do this. So I feel like it's important for me to share that type of information. So you can check that out. I can also give you the link so you can post it in the, in the show notes directly. But, um, and also if you want to reach out to me, just look up my name, Katya Sarmiento on all social media and message me. I, I do try to answer everything I can. I just do get a lot of spam. So if I don't answer it, just follow up and ping me again. Um, that way, like I can see it or my team can ping me and like, so I could answer it. Cause I love helping people. So if you have a question, like a specific question about your business, or if you need to talk to somebody, or if you're like in a really, really rough place, don't hesitate to reach out because like the money is not important to me, the opt-in, the lead, the email is not important to me. What's really important to me is that I'm helping people avoid that burnout. So if you feel like you're burning out, take it very seriously. I've been there. I've ended up in the hospital. I have been sick. Like I've seen it happen to other people too. 
let's make sure that you don't get yourself into that position. So I'm here to support you. Reach makemillions.com or got this on social media. Incredible. Go follow her. Go just indulge in her content. Obviously, from what you heard on this podcast, she knows what she's talking about. And there's hours and hours more of this stuff. You have no excuse not to. If you need it in your business, just go to her website, reachandmakemillions.com. Check it out. You can also go to our website. Her blog will be posted. This podcast will be submitted to all of your favorite platforms. You can also go to YouTube and rewatch this where we will have all the links, all that stuff in the show notes and all of those resources available to you. Thank you so much for being on here. I, I really appreciate the friendship that we've created virtually. We still have not met and you're not going to be in Atlanta. <laughs> when I'm out there. Sorry, in Atlanta. Atlanta. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Next time. But yes, next time. I will, I will be out there again. And I'm looking forward to the day that we get to connect in person. So yes. thanks again for being on here. No, thank you for having me. All right, guys. That was Katia Sarmiento. I am Cam Martinez. And I hope that this podcast helped you gain some more knowledge and insight to let you know that anything is possible. Avoid burnout, implement systems, take care of yourself first, as David Schloss would say, before you try to take care of other people. Cheers, everyone. You've been listening to the Six Figure Roadmap. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. To learn more about our membership, visit us online at www.lvrg.it.